with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning, everyone, and happy Tuesday. Nice of you to tune in. Lots of changes happening here with CFIS. We're in our new digs down on 3rd Avenue, and it's uh, starting to come along. I'm here with Reg and Steve on the board. And, yeah, we had a little bit of, I don't think it was a surprise to many people that we were going to carry on with restrictions in regard to COVID. Um, But if you're anything like me, maybe you have been thinking a little bit about that beautiful outdoors that we have here and maybe wanting to get out and explore explore it maybe just a little bit more. But again, if you're anything like me, maybe you're a little bit of a newbie and uh, aren't too sure what you need to know before you head out. So I gave a call to Alex Bebbington. He's the new president of the Prince George Backcountry Recreation Society. Good morning, Alex. Hi, Sandra. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for uh, being here this morning. Yes, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So yeah, as as I was saying, um, I'm wondering then, as far as your society, what exactly are you all about at the Backcountry Recreation Society? Yeah, so the Prince George Backcountry Recreation Society uh, has been around for about 22 years or so, and it's uh, kind of a unified voice, you could say, for non-motorized recreation in the region. So we have uh, 11 clubs that make up the society, from hiking clubs, paddling clubs, uh, all kinds of different local uh, Prince George clubs that are interested in advocacy around uh, hiking, snowshoeing, skiing, things like that in the backcountry. Well, that's perfect because this time of year, um, what I mean actually just kind of got my brain going was trying some snowshoeing. But I'm, I, I would understand that that's probably everything in the winter to do with even cross-country skiing and that type of thing as well. Yeah, snowshoeing is one of the greatest activities you can do on the landscape as a beginner because it's so uh, simple to learn. Uh, it's very similar to walking, obviously, but there's no big risk of downhill skiing sort of thing. If you're new, if you want to go into forested areas that are a little trickier on skis, uh, snowshoes are a great are a great way to start. Now, it's, I heard that you're the new president, but were you always part of the society? Um, I've been in Prince George for about five years, okay. and I'll, I've been active in the society in the sense of uh, participating in events and using some of the uh, infrastructure that the society, like those cabins and things like that. Um, the Prince George Backcountry Rec Society manages the uh, Raven Lake Cabin, for instance, with uh, BC Parks and, uh, and other cabins in the region. So uh, I've been a big supporter and uh, happy to play a bigger role this year. For sure. Where do you hail from? Uh, uh, Ottawa, originally. Um, but I've lived uh, in Norway and the Yukon, a whole bunch of uh, northern climates and done a lot of backcountry stuff around, the, around those areas. So Prince George is right up your alley then? Yeah, I love it. I love it. We uh, start a little family here and everything, so it's a lot of fun. What's your passion then when it comes to exploring the backcountry? Uh, well, it depends on the season. In the winter, I'm a backcountry skier. That's mm-hmm. when you put uh, your skis on and you climb up mountains and you ski uh, ungroomed kind of uh, fresh powder. It's very, okay. very uh, addicting, you could say. Also dangerous. Uh, and so what comes hand-in-hand hand with doing backcountry things is safety. So we do a lot of training, uh, avalanche, first aid, navigation, all these really essential things to do it safely. Um, and the goal is always to come back in one piece, right? So. Excellent. Yeah. So what I was, um, what really got me thinking was, A, when I tried to go out and actually find myself some snowshoes, they are almost literally sold out. So it got me thinking that a lot of people might be like me, thinking that they want to go and try this, maybe even just for the first time. And knowing nothing about it, I started thinking about, wow, I think things could probably go maybe a little bit sideways if you don't know what you're doing. 
Yeah, that's that's a really good thought to have. Um, I think the backcountry should uh, command respect uh, in a lot of ways. Similar to, I think we all agree that sailing mm-hmm. is potentially something you need to do a lot of learning about before trying. Flying airplanes is similar. Right. Uh, climbing up into the mountains is a dangerous thing. Um, and so uh, education is huge. Uh, knowing your equipment is very important. Knowing how to navigate first aid and uh, trip planning as well. Um, there's a lot of essentials. We could go through a few a few basics that I could uh, recommend. Um, yeah, and that's also, perfect. Uh, finding snowshoes is tricky, but there are uh, places in town where you can rent them as well. Uh, overhang to the local business uh, rents uh, snowshoes, um, oh. and I, I do think they have them in stock as uh, seen on social media. So um, there are snowshoes around if you if you chase okay. them down. Well, what I did was I actually wrote down exactly what you said is almost like a little checklist. So if we don't, if you don't mind, I thought maybe we could start almost at the beginning about maybe planning when you're planning to head out. What are, what are some of the things that you need to remember, like best practices? Yeah, so I'd say um, picking where you want to go makes, is half the battle because um, there's a lot, there's so much terrain around here and some of it is really friendly. Uh, you can go to, you know, Otway uh, and snowshoe around there. Very safe trails that have been, you know, flagged and everything and well used. But you can also go up to Viking Ridge. And Viking Ridge is a very popular hike here, but it does bring you into avalanche terrain. And avalanches are, are serious. So picking your hike is a huge uh, uh, part of the equation. Um, there are a lot of online resources from the Caledonia Ramblers and other, other uh, clubs in town that will tell you which ones are easy, which ones are uh, intermediate, which ones are very hard. Well, one thing that I, that when you said Viking Ridge, on Instagram, I saw some beautiful photographs of people that were snowshoeing and had posted those pictures. And I was thinking, wow, that would be so great to go up there and see that. But yeah, you're saying like it did look like it was probably way up there and way beyond my skill set. So that really is part of it is understanding exactly where your limitations are. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one thing you have to keep in mind is, uh, you know, I've been doing this for decades, you could say, but I have limits as well. Everybody has limits. It's not something that you should be uh, afraid, uh, you know, um, feel bad about. Uh, if you're a beginner, be proud of that. Go explore a lot of the friendly trails, like a Tabor, uh, Tabor Mountain, um, Ancient Forest, for instance, is a very popular area for, for uh, all, all skill levels. Otway, um, Ferguson Lake, Giscon Portage, there's so many beautiful trails that, that really don't expose you to anything too, too hardcore. Um, and then when, as you learn more, take more uh, courses, go on group uh, trips, and we're allowed to do that again with some more experienced folks and learn about the you know, additional dangers of going into uh, kind of these harder areas, um, that's when I would recommend doing that. How uh, do you decide whether or not um, you're going to be, say, snow hiking as opposed to snowshoeing? Um, do you sometimes just bring them along with you and then kind of put them on when needed? Or um, is it two totally different places? You'd either know that you're going to go just literally snow hiking on more groomed trails? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on the, the snowpack, the weather, uh, your, your physical uh, fitness, because punching your feet uh, without snowshoes through deep snow is very, very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll get tired very quick. Snowshoes are give you a, quite an advantage in, in deeper snow. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of people will strap snowshoes to their backpack, like especially with the warm weather that we've just had. Yeah. Um, a lot of trails around will be a little bit harder now, maybe icier. You might want uh, grips on your boots mm-hmm. instead of snowshoes. Right. Um, snowshoes can be pretty cumbersome on really hard-packed snow. Um, they kind of bounce around. 
Um, and so that's part of knowing your equipment, um, understanding your skill level, your uh, level of uh, comfort with these things mm-hmm. um, is, is all part of it. So there, what, you, what you have to do in the backcountry always, always, always is you can't say, I am going to climb this mountain. I am going to get to this place today. You're going to say, I'm going to try and there are all these things that can happen that might make me want to turn around earlier. Right. Maybe you'll get cold. Maybe maybe you forgot something. Maybe there's all these unknowns, and you just have to be very, very cognizant that it's not about, you know, some checkbox to get to the top or to the viewpoint. You just get outside and appreciate that yeah, uh, beauty great. of the backcountry. Yeah, that's a great know. thing to say, actually. Um, I'm wondering how much you obviously probably plan a lot around the weather, to make sure that the day that you're heading out, that you know what you're going to be encountering? I do, yeah. Yeah, for sure, especially uh, with avalanche conditions, but also for uh, for, for all, all sorts of other reasons. And uh, right now, um, in this day and age, you could say, we have so many really, really useful websites and, and little apps that will tell you very interesting things about the weather that uh, that can, can help. So there's, there's websites like... Uh, one called spotswx.com, mm-hmm. another one called windy.com, and those you can just click on a mountain or click anywhere on the map, and it will give you a pretty high-resolution forecast for that specific location. So it's not like you're extrapolating Prince George to Viking Ridge. You can actually click on Viking Ridge, and it'll yeah. tell you. Actually, it's going to be minus 10 and 20-kilometer winds. Like, that sounds pretty cold to me. Oh, that's great. Um, and then for avalanches, uh, Avalanche Canada gives out a forecast on avalanche conditions, and uh, you can report avalanche uh, occurrences and snowpack details on those websites. And if you do think you'll be heading into avalanche terrain, there's a lot of education equipment uh, that you need for that. Right. But the avalanche forecast is a huge component to how we um, make decisions about what we're going to do in the landscape. How important is what you're wearing? Do you layer lots? Do you pack stuff with you? Yeah, yeah, totally. So the worst thing, in my mind, not the worst thing, but some, something that's very challenging in the backcountry is you work really hard. You're either breaking, you know, trail or, especially in the winter, um, and you get sweaty, right? And when you're sweaty, you're wet, and you're wet, you're cold. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's this, you, you, you generate so much heat working, that um, it's actually quite dangerous to, to sweat that much in the backcountry. And so what you want to do is you want to layer down, right? You want to take off that shell. You want to take off the big puffy jacket. And you just want to have something light on while you're doing that kind of harder exercise so that when you break, you uh, have a snack, uh, enjoy the view, you can actually put on some warm, dry layers for sure. So along that, we're talking about a bit of planning, but I guess we're kind of transitioning a bit into best practices while you are outside. So that's a really good point, making sure that you're layered, but that you're layering down, that you're not wearing your warmest stuff while you're doing all the exertion. Um, What else to remember when you're actually outside um, as far as uh, keeping safe and kind of knowing where you're at, I guess? Yeah. So um, there's three, like, uh, there's a bunch of organizations out there that do a lot of outreach, and, and they, they'll put uh, yeah, uh, uh, resources for beginners and things like that. And uh, Adventure Smart um, is one of them, and they've come up with this thing, it's the three T's of backcountry safety. So there's training, 
take the essentials and trip plan. Hmm. So training is sort of what we've talked about. So mm-hmm. training is uh, uh, know your equipment, uh, know how to navigate, uh, know first aid, you know, all that stuff, stay within your skill levels, stay within your knowledge level, um, those types of things. Take the essentials. We've talked about that a little bit. You know, uh, take your uh, clothing, extra clothing, uh, food, water, fire starter, a headlamp. It's, it gets dark very early. I think we're all still surprised every day at how yeah, dark like it gets. Yeah, like 3.30. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a headlamp, like, just expect that you might be delayed, right? Mm-hmm. You might have a hiccup. Um, first aid equipment is good. If you're an avalanche train, I really don't recommend avalanche train for any uh, beginners. Uh, there's mandatory equipment. We don't go into avalanche train without a beacon, shovel, probe, and training. That's a, at a minimum. Um, and then cell phones are uh, great for navigation, but you really need to know your equipment, right? So mm-hmm. my cell phone dies every time it gets cold. It's just a horrible old phone. And so if you know that about your phone, you'll know that uh, it's maybe not reliable as a Oh, I think we might have lost Alex. Oh, are you there, hey, Alex? Sorry about that. Oh, I was there just he is. saying how my cell phone doesn't work very well. So. <laughs> that was perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh, cell reception. We don't have a lot of cell reception. And so there's these uh, satellite communication devices that are relatively cheap these days in yeah. reach, spot, and there's a few others. Where right, like Zolios and spots and that type of thing. Yeah. yeah, where you can send a message or a call for mm-hmm. help, and those are, I would say, increasingly kind of standard on the landscape and maybe mandatory, I'd say, for a group. Now, that, obviously, then, one thing to remember, I guess, when you are planning or when you're about to head out, let people know where you're going. For sure, yeah. Always let someone know where you're going, who you're with, when you hope to be back, and what to do if you don't come back, right? Um, think of, it's it's a... Uh, if you're not prepared to think of the worst case, maybe you shouldn't go because there are um, already there have been, uh, you know, sad stories from the backcountry mm-hmm. this year. People getting lost, uh, people getting um, uh, rescued, and also fatalities. Right. Um, um, let's turn this around a little bit and talk about all the wonderful things about exploring our wonderful outdoors up here in the north. What do you love best about um, getting out and uh, being outside? Wow, um, I think I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that come to mind. Um, one of them is the, the the peace and quiet you get from getting away from it all. So mm-hmm. I'm a pretty techno kid. I work on uh, computer programming and science and all the stuff that really keeps me at a computer um, for many hours every day. And getting out to these uh, wild spaces um, is there are no words, right, until you start doing it yourself and you look at these landscapes and the quiet beauty that, that they have. It's uh, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, the fitness of it is, is uh, great. Uh, I don't like going to gyms or things like that. That's not uh, something that I've ever uh, enjoyed. But getting outside and being active really makes you happy, makes me happy. It's a very uh, strong uh, source of happiness for me. And do you take your family out when you go out and exploring? Yeah, and they're at that funny age where I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old who wants to hike but doesn't quite have the fitness to do a big hike. So is that a backpack on your back then? So you have a backpack, but then you've got the other. I've got a nine-month-old, and you put the nine-month-old on the front, right? So then you're hiking around with two kids on your back, like a uh, just a pile of bags. You're like a Sherpa. Yeah, exactly. Right, getting a really good workout that way. Yeah, but it does bring into mind uh, a lot of backcountry safety when you bring uh, your own children into mm-hmm. the backcountry. You think of, you know, there are bears. Um, I heard just yesterday there's been bear sightings 
still this yeah. year. The Bears are still out. Well, it's so mild uh, out right now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so it's a, it's there are a lot of things to to think about. And if you are passionate about going into the backcountry or even uh, new to it, um, rest assured that we all think about this all the time. It's not like everybody. Um, once you get good, it becomes second nature. You're always making lists, double checking them, planning ahead, uh, thinking, what if this happens? What if that happens? There's a big learning curve, but um, the important part is to just always think about it. There's a lot of thinking. Definitely. Well, I really appreciate you giving us your words of wisdom, Alex. And also just a reminder to people that um, we are very blessed in this neck of the woods to actually have um, the backwoods literally right in our backyard. And sometimes you can just go as far as Forest for the World or, like you said, the Ancient Forest or Moore's Meadow or any of those places to get some exercise in the wintertime. Thanks again, Alex. Alex Bevington is the new president of the Prince George Backcountry Recreation Society. In a confused and broken world, truth, hope, and light are found in the gospel of the crucified and resurrected Jesus Christ. Join us as we host Reverend Chris Gordon Sunday evenings at 8.30 for Abounding Grace Radio. Reverend Gordon delves into how all of the scriptures serve as a witness to the love and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Brought to you by Prince George Canadian Reformed Church. Don't miss Abounding Grace Radio each Sunday evening at 8.30 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. COVID-19 has not only affected public health, but also manufacturing. The end result is a shortage of snowblowers in Canada. A&D Power Equipment still has snowblowers in stock, but they won't last long. Stop by A&D Power Equipment today and pick up your new snowblower before they're gone. The perfect Christmas gift for the whole family. Open Monday through Saturday for the best in sales and service. A&D Power Equipment, just off 22nd Avenue at 2218 South Nicholson. It's not too late to get your vehicle winterized. To get it done right, visit AutoMagic on 15th. Tires, coolant, general service, brakes, import or domestic parts, wheels, shocks, and so much more, AutoMagic is the place to go to keep your vehicle in tip-top shape for our long winter months. Book your appointment with AutoMagic today and get the job done right. Call 250-564-3224. Open Monday through Saturday from 8 to 5. AutoMagic on 15th. Your vehicle will thank you. Forecast from Environment Canada, clearing this morning and sunny this afternoon with a high of 2. A few clouds this evening, increasing cloudiness with a 60% chance of flurries overnight and a low of 0. For Wednesday, cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries in the morning, then clearing, temperature steady near 0. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George, this is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Reg is with me now, and I found that so interesting. It was one thing that I was really thinking about because I did go out for a little winter hike, and it did start to get dark, and I did start to think that maybe it was time to turn back and started to get my head going around a little bit, wondering the what-ifs if I wasn't prepared because I didn't have half the things that Alex was mentioning I should have. So Yeah, uh, and uh, the interesting thing is uh, very similar to that is uh, during the summer, I think a lot of people did a lot of hiking and, and things like that, mm-hmm. and similar sort of situation where uh, the trails around Prince George uh, there are a lot of easy ones, but there are a lot of the that are very advanced, and you have to know mm-hmm. ahead of time what you're getting yourself into if you're a beginner, because you can't just go out there and and tackle the big yeah. one, right? 
I liked what he said about not having, um, like not thinking about the goal necessarily, like mm-hmm. the, you know, oh, I'm going to climb that. Right. More of saying like, this is where I'm at. And, you know, because you hear about that, like Everest is a, pri- a prime example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Are people that are literally feet away from the summit and have to make that decision to turn back yeah, because otherwise exactly. they'll never get back down. Yeah, those uh, last few yeah. yards or whatever can can kill you. Yeah. So you've been busy, busy, busy. Well, uh, yeah, getting things set up here, it's uh, it's cozy. It's the cozy. New digs. It's the new cozy. digs are definitely cozy and we have to get our uh, uh, get all our protocols in place and uh, make sure everyone's aware of the do's and do nots. Mm-hmm. Well, right now we're the uh, we're like alone in here right now, right down on the corner of third. Is this Dominion or is this Quebec? I can never remember. Quebec. Quebec. Third and Quebec. Yeah. So it was like at one time the old Royal Bank building. Yes. There's a really cool vault. <laughs> yeah, and and I've been threatening Alan that you know if he doesn't behave, we'll lock him in the vault. <laughs> right. It's kind of cool, and I think at one point it was I think homework was made this their home for a little bit. Yes. And then now it's Hub Space. Hub Space, yeah. Yeah, so lots of different and, uh, little people around. And a nice around. size event center out there that uh, probably won't be utilized for a while. Not for a while, but one but, day. Well, we're, we're working on, I'm hoping to have some kind of a, an, a of an event on the 24th um, virtually. Like set up something where we can bring in a few acts to do some Christmas uh, music live. Yeah. And then stream it uh, on online somehow uh, but definitely have it on the air as well so uh, that's sort of what we're working towards mm-hmm. whether or not we can pull it off it's it's tough to say but uh, I will not be singing no necessarily not feel well, you know what's interesting though is that we are so close to Christmas and yet I don't know if it's the weather change because now it feels like we're in March end of March with all this melting and the warm weather and the rain and everything else but I don't yeah. know I'm not I've, I've, I've got to get feeling in that festive spirit yeah it, it, it hit us early with the snow and everything and then now it's all pretty much gone mm-hmm. but the weather is changing and we'll get back to the yeah, I'm cold sure it's not snow over. type stuff here in the next week. In fact, uh, I think this is our last really warm day. Uh, tomorrow is supposed to be a high of zero, and then it gets okay. lower from there. So. so fingers crossed that some of the side streets that right now are completely uh, washboarded and rutted and slushed out yeah. actually get cleared before the freeze comes. Well, I uh, yeah, I live on Ewart Street, and they cleared that a few uh, well, about a week ago, mm-hmm. and so it's almost bare right now. You nice. know, there's some compact ice spots. But, so it's a good uh, restart. Yeah, kind of a, yeah, exactly, a <laughs> right? restart. And uh, there, are, there's a lot of uh, areas like that. But yeah, if, if your street hasn't been plowed, then mm-hmm. you're kind of in a, a rough situation yeah. where you've got to put up with uh, what I guess right now would be soft compact yes. ice slash yep. snow. Yeah, your car around. And, yeah, and yeah. then, you know, uh, and then from there, it's going to freeze. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the ruts will be even worse. Yeah, yeah, it really is like a washboard. You wonder if yeah. your car is going to be able to handle it or not. Hey, so. speaking of Christmas, um, mm. my niece, Britt, she Aww. actually posted a question on Facebook. And oh. it was, what is your favorite Christmas carol or Christmas song? My favorite Christmas carol has always been uh, Oh Holy Night. Oh, that's mine too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that one. And then 
favorite Christmas song, well, then 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 you bring in Snoopy's Christmas or oh, Little okay. Saint Nick right. or some of the funner ones that yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the uh, the real um, children's type songs like, like Rudolph, Rudolph and, and Frosty um, the Snowman. Yeah, Ma- I saw Grandma Mommy G- kissing Santa Claus. Uh, that one I don't mind yeah. if it's done by all I want for Christmas. The right people. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, well, no, I love the Chipmunk song. <laughs> yeah, the album, yeah. What yeah, about you, Steve? What's your fave? Favorite? Carol. Carol. Yeah. Uh, Good King Wednesday. Oh, I like oh, that one, there, too. Yeah, that's like number two on my yeah, list. Yeah, so. that one's a really nice one to hear, especially like yeah. when you hear a really like beautiful mm-hmm. voice sing it. Yeah. Well, I've, I have a, a bit of a baritone here, and... And, Can you sing uh, some now? And when, when, yeah. <laughs> well, especially this time of the day. <laughs> but yeah, those ones are great to just sink your teeth into because you can, there's so much power in them. We could do a three-part right? harmony. Well, I don't well, know. Well, no, you're a little deep too, to aren't you, Steve? <clears throat> you're pretty yeah. deep. Well, I can't, maybe I'll try to meet you guys down here. Yeah, karaoke, I do Johnny Cash. So that's, go, that's about where I am with very little range though. <laughs> So other Christmas favorites. What about um, uh, Christmas cookies? Oh, I love sugar cookies. Sugar? Yeah. Steve? I like that chocolate roll with the little uh, little marshmallows. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't... uh, It's like a chocolate roll and it's got the little... Little little mini marshmallows in it. Yeah, okay. Oh. All right. I like shortbread because it's just... It like melts. If it's real shortbread and it just melts, like that, yeah. you know, just yeah. melts away in your mouth. You can't buy a lot of good shortbread. <clears throat> no, yeah, I think you... Yeah, yeah. store-bought store bought isn't very good. But no. Yeah, the, the good Walker's stuff... Walker's is not bad. The best stuff is is, is uh, the stuff that you can really taste the butteriness in yeah. it, right? Yeah. It's not that hard to make, shortbread. Yeah. I think I'll make some tonight. There you go. Yeah, I might bring you guys some. We'll Next see. week, if it's if there's any left over. If there's any left over, that's the one thing, right? It's like, oh, yeah. so I need to test this one. Yeah, uh, Christmas cooking or, or <laughs> baking is. Uh, what are, we did we did our Christmas movies a while back. We talked about Christmas yes. movies and favorites. Um, I'm not sure what other food. Well, there are there are a lot of Christmas movies, but the big debate is what qualifies as a Christmas mm. movie, right? Like, is everyone, Die Hard a Christmas everyone movie? Everyone always says Die Hard, but <laughs> but in that same genre, you can you can put in Batman Returns, which also takes place at, at Christmas. Yep. And there's there's a number of those types of movie uh, movies. Um, there's a rom-com back in the day called While You Were Sleeping, Oh, which, that's, yeah, that Which does. also took place yeah. at Christmas. That's a Sandra so, Bullock. Yeah, Sandra yeah. Bullock. And so there's a lot of movies out there that take place at Christmas, but when you get to the the meat meat of it, it's, it's yeah, not really. Yeah. Not really a Christmas movie, right? It's like, it's like those Hallmark movies. The if Hallmark you, ones are it, kind of true it, Christmas movies because they're all about Christmas. Well, sometimes. But like, I don't care for them too much. Sometimes they include Santa Claus or elves or something that is definitely Christmas. But more often than not, it's just a, a rom-com set at Christmas, right? Either there's oh, a deadline yeah. that's Christmas Eve, you have to find a girlfriend by Christmas Eve was one that I found. I said, well, that deadline could have been any time. Right. <laughs> right. So, like, did Christmas actually motivate the plot yeah, in any yeah, way? Yeah, it didn't drive the plot at yeah. all. Really, it was just the time of the year that it took place. And that, and if you can take that time of the year out of there, uh, then, yeah. 
Well, well, it, it doesn't qualify. After Christmas, Shirley Temple was always big. Like her movies were always Right. Big. Well, and, and she has quite a few, but again, they take, they take place in and around Christmas or the main scenes. The main Heidi, scene. Heidi's a good one. The, the main uh, climax at the end is on Christmas. on Christmas. So that, but then you take the sentiment and you go, yeah. okay, well, it's hard not to make that a Christmas movie because of the, the sentimentality there, right? You know what movie always seemed to come out at Christmas time when I was growing up that has nothing to do really with Christmas is uh, Sound of Music. Yeah, that's, they played I was just it every gonna, Christmas time. I was going to mention that too, yeah. But other than, than family, I mean, maybe that's... Well, again, it's the snow and the Alps, right? <laughs> that, that counts as Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, I think we uh, are at uh, a break time. All right. Join Life Sciences BC today for a unique opportunity to learn more about their organization along with the cutting-edge research and development being done in the Surrey area. Showcase Series Surrey is a networking opportunity for a wide range of guests from the political, business, and academic worlds. Registration and full details are available through lifesciencesbc.ca. Life Sciences BC's Showcase Series from Surrey, this afternoon from 3 to 4.30 through lifesciencesbc.ca. A unique musical experience is now available for you online. Redshift Music has produced 23 isolation music videos for the LaGrange Point Project. Play as many of the videos as you like, simultaneously or in any order, to create a virtually endless array of unique listening experiences. Composed by Jordan Nobles, an extended version album is also available on Redshift Records. Check it out today. The LaGrange Point Project from Redshift Music. Available online at redshiftmedia.org. Give the gift of life this Christmas through Advocate Life and Education Services. A donation of $100 will help Advocate train male mentors in their BRAVE program. A $2,500 donation will ensure the local Hope for Women Pregnancy Services remains open. Whether it's a little or a lot, every donation will help save children in our community. To donate or for more information, visit advocate.ca. That's A-D-V-O-K-A-T-E dot C-A. Prince George has a new dance society. Method Dance is a new non-profit performing arts organization providing a platform for contemporary dancers and choreographers. The company is currently comprised of four principal dancers, three core dancers, and two apprentices. Artistic director Shelby Richardson and her crew are excited to inspire and help local talent excel. For more information on Method Dance Society's projects, training, and community engagement, visit methoddance.ca. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Method Dance Society. Visit them online at methoddance.ca. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. We've been talking about lots of different Christmas traditions and favorites, and we were talking a little bit about movies. One thing that we did just mention last minute was the Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Yeah, off air we were. Uh, that one came up, and that's one that a lot of people, if you if you say okay, no, you can't have Die Hard as your Christmas favorite Christmas movie, they'll say, well, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's the go-to, right? Right. And I, I actually have friends that they, they make sure they watch it every year. <laughs> Fun scene. I always like the one where he has like the the saucer, like the space saucer oh, or whatever, yeah. and then he, down and the he lubes it up and yeah, he goes down the hill. Down the hill. <laughs> that, one, that part's crazy. pretty funny. Yeah, huge, huge slapstick favorite. And uh, 
you know, I, I, I don't think I ever actually watched the movie from beginning to, to end until just recently. Almost like catch it on TV in different yeah, places? Yeah, yeah, you know, it was on TV, and it's the type of movie that you really have to sit down and, and get into it to to enjoy it if it's if it's just on the in the background on, yeah. on tv you're not really paying attention because it's all just little uh slapstick comedy scenes it one is. after another yeah. right so y- you can watch any bit of it and then stop and, and you're good yeah that was really chevy chase though like he's kind of oh, like that sure. quintessential yeah. slapstick kind of comedian uh, and another movie that uh is on my christmas list that just barely qualifies is Trading Places. Mm. And yeah. that one, people look at it, and, and I say, you know, really not a Christmas movie. And I say, what do you mean? What about the scene where he, he's Santa got Claus? the Santa Claus suit on, and, <laughs> and he's stuffing, stuffing the salmon <laughs> in his Santa Claus suit? So again, just we'll put that, that one scene, you know, is like, but he's got a Santa Claus suit on. <laughs> but you can watch it anytime and get just as much pleasure from oh, that Oh, for one. sure. Yeah, it just... Uh, different yes well lots of time to watch movies we are going to be home lots it seems now for the next while i hadn't heard the uh the edict that came down yesterday but i guess we're back to uh um not doing anything yeah it's the extension um till january 8th which i i believe is probably a a reason for that and i think it's because it encompasses new year's eve what was your update well, well, it's it's a full month too, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, all the restrictions are in place. So now, we'll undoubtedly in the next few days get all the information out from the different organizations about what they are and aren't doing, yeah, uh, or can and cannot do. So uh, a lot of things that were planned are are probably now being put on hold again. Uh, not the least of which is uh, local junior hockey. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that one's done. supposed to start up, so yep. that'll be put on hold. Uh, or they'll be finding other, uh, I think the headline I saw is uh, the BCHL looking at perhaps using Penticton as a bubble site to start oh, the like season. Oh, like their cohort, kind of? Like they well, would only no, play just, them? Or? Well, no, I just believe, a bubble site where the, where the teams would go there and they would just play games Oh, like the NHL there. did. Exactly. Okay. Now, whether that... Uh, comes to fruition you know that's pro- yeah. all in the works that's and and see what happens because realistically for all of these teams you can't have stand- fans in the stands anyway no uh so it doesn't really matter quite as much as where you're playing although for the prince george Bruce kings it does because they have the uh smallest tightest rink in the league Oh, like so you, it's a smaller regulation size yeah, than the other yeah, ones are? Yeah, it is, it is not regulation by any means, and and that's more prominent uh, in the BCHL than, say, the WHL, or mm-hmm. sp- especially the NHL, where everything's exactly the same for dimensions and all that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so that'll be interesting to see if that comes forward. So what they would do then is, just like the NHL did, these teams would be staying in Penticton. Yeah. Uh, sequestered in hotels, and yeah. then they would just play, go back to their hotels. I mean, it worked for the NHL. They didn't have to, anything that popped up. Before you that right. Bubble. And then and you have to, right. And then seven days or something between each bubble or 14 between each bubble, like if once they advance through that playoff, right? Like they if play you the team. Do it like the NHL, yeah. You have, you have to, 
you're there. You're 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 staying. You're not going. No. Yeah. Right. You have to so stay. That's yeah. All the teams. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I, I, I might be speaking at a turn. It might not be just Penticton. They might be looking at a couple of different bubbles. But uh, like I say, that's probably something that's in the works. And that's the other thing about the pandemic is uh, we get told what we can't do. And as uh, it's the old saying that uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. So you look at what you can't do and figure out, well, what can we do right. without uh, breaking the, the rules that are in place? Yes. And then create something out of that that uh, keeps you in business, say. Well, I right? think that's where the, the play reads with, uh, that yeah. were taking place at Theatre Northwest. What ended up happening with the orders, of course, was that when they took away events of gatherings of 50 or less, that kind of kiboshed that. And unfortunately, with, you know, a Christmas... Um, play that was due to yeah. come up for the next couple of weeks with Judy Russell for Miracle on 34th Street, uh, that's looking like that's not um, going to be able to happen, which is really unfortunate because like you said, that was a way of, um, but it, it totally makes sense. Although, I mean, if we're trying to get people not to gather, then yeah. then it has to be across the board. Although another, another option there is uh, you have X number of seats available, whatever the limit is. Mm -hmm. Uh, you bring in Shaw Cable to film oh, it yeah. and sell tickets online for the rest. Totally. Or you could do like what they've been doing with like Princess Bride did one. They did a Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah. And you do a, pl you do a table read. Right. So now you'd have socially distanced actors around a table. Um, and whether or not it was like you said, where you bring in someone to video it or record it, or you could actually have everyone in their own homes doing their reading doing the via Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. And then maybe that could go, um, you know, people donate or something like yeah. that. But um, who knows where that might happen. But, um, but again, yeah. there are options. Yeah. So it's, a, it's just a matter of figuring out what option you want to go with. Because there are a lot of people doing concerts now online where you can buy a ticket and it's substantially less than you would pay to go see the person live, mm -hmm. but you're getting the live experience in your home. Yeah, put it on a big screen, TV yeah. And your speakers and everything. Yeah. You just hook all your equipment and you're away. <laughs> away yeah, you go. indeed. Uh, so just the update from yesterday, uh, 21 new cases in Northern BC, 356 active cases. The 21 is actually a good number in that it's lower than I've seen the last few days. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a 50. Uh, yeah, there was a yeah. bit of a jump there uh, a few days. So well, the three-day total was 106. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, hopefully 21, if we can keep it down around mm -hmm. those numbers for the next few weeks, then it might not be such a bad Christmas after all. I believe we're uh, ready for another break. The United Way Tree of Lights is back. Look for the tree atop the coast in of the north as the United Way of Northern BC targets a fundraising goal of $30,000. Proceeds will go toward raising awareness and support for programs to fight drug abuse and related issues in Prince George. For more information, to become a sponsor, or to make a donation, visit the event page on Facebook, Instagram, or at unitedwaynbc.ca. The United Way Tree of Lights, atop the coast in of the north again this holiday season. Construction is underway on the expansion of the mausoleum at Memorial Park Cemetery. Construction of this new facility will require periodic disruption of access to the mausoleum. 
To keep informed about the project and possible facility closures or hour changes, subscribe to Facilities, Updates, and Closures at princegeorge.ca. Further information and details about the Mausoleum Phase 2 expansion can also be found on the city's website. The expansion of the mausoleum is expected to be completed by early next year. Tourism Prince George has a new look. From their website to social channels with a new color palette, check out their newly crowned destination, Base Camp to the North. The new site includes an interactive map, a robust directory for dining, and a dedicated page for staycations. Visit tourismpg.com to see for yourself and engage with Tourism Prince George by using the hashtags TakeOnPG and ExplorePrinceGeorge. With great links to local happenings and attractions, tourismpg.com. Base camp to the north. Forecast from Environment Canada. Clearing this morning and sunny this afternoon with a high of 2. A few clouds this evening. Increasing cloudiness with a 60% chance of flurries overnight and a low of 0. For Wednesday, cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries in the morning. Then clearing. Temperature steady near 0. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. We've been talking about how challenges can bring out the innovation in people and the creativity. And one thing I was going to talk about was just even with the medical program, how in years over the last years, this is happening all over the place. But, um, of course, student doctors need to practice, you know, their their personal skills and that mm-hmm. type of thing and their diagnoses with um, with patients and how they do that actually is with actors. And so that's been happening. And now, of course, not being able to see people live, they actually do that via Zoom as well. So uh, it seems that that um, Zoom technology, man, to have any kind of shares in that would have probably been advantageous. Yeah, big time, for sure. Yeah. Uh, One thing we haven't mentioned since the beginning of the show, we should mention again, and that is that we are only, our, our brand new, awesome, everyday programming is only available streaming online right now. So those that Mm -hmm. are listening, obviously listening on the computer, if you happen to run into someone on the street that wants to know what's going on with CFIS-FM and you have been listening online, you say you just let let, let them know that, uh, uh, well, we're having trouble with TELUS getting (laughs) our, our line to the transmitter hooked up. Uh, so from our transmitter, we have a laptop plugged in with a playlist that's just playing music, yep. music and announcements that indicate that uh, our regular programming is available online. But uh, yeah, just let everyone know that that's the case. Yeah, that's and a shame. Hopefully, well, I'll be back on the phone with Telus as soon as we get off air here yeah, today, and hopefully, hopefully we yeah. can get an update. The uh, latest update was Friday; they'd be doing it, but. You know, it should have been done a week ago last right, Friday. Right, because so. people are missing our scintillating conversation. Well, that, but uh, also all the great information that yes, we're passing out. Yes, and the out. events and, and everything events else that's and, happening, and, or information, yeah. I guess we should say, And, and there, there are events. quite a few uh, people that have called in uh, that I've said, well, we are available online, and they don't... They don't even have a computer. Of course, yeah. Because the older demographic quite often mm-hmm. just... They stick to the old technology. Yeah, right? and if they do, maybe it's hard to or, na- yeah, navigate it computer. and find yeah, exactly. it. Yeah. So here's a, an email we just got from the Prince George Cougars, speaking of innovation. And here's the other part is uh, these organizations that have their normal um, ways of doing business taken away from them, they have to find innovative ways to create some money. Mm-hmm so that they can stay alive, right? 
And here's one that just popped up, the Prince George Cougars in partnership with Crossroads Brewery and Distillery have announced the release of the new Claws Out Blonde Ale. Hmm. So here's a partnership between a local brew, uh, a microbrewery and the Cougars right. to help benefit both organizations. That's cool. And yeah, that's kind of a neat little thing. No, for sure. Yeah, and uh, Crossroads did make the decision to have only takeout right now. Yes. Um, and uh, step away from indoor and outdoor dining for the time being. Yeah, and and you'll you'll probably see uh, other um, establishments going yeah. that route at some point as well. And that's um, I, I saw. I think it was a top six list of of uh, orga- uh, businesses that are most responsible for the reported cases and oh, okay. restaurants were they were hey right up there yeah oh okay yeah so with that transmission even yeah even with uh, uh, with the protocols in place and here's here's the tough part is and, and this is the thing that we we never hear about we hear about where the uh, where the cases crop up every once in a while but we don't hear why was were they still following the protocols and still got the disease, or did someone not follow the protocol and that's why it got? It, it could, because if that's yeah, the case, yeah. then we just know that we have to keep following the protocols. We we know that they work. If if every case is because someone didn't follow the protocols, then we know that the protocols work, and then we're we're good to just keep doing our protocols. It's it's that question mark of well. Were their protocols not being followed? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which I think is an important thing to know. Well, and I think, too, with just, um, you know, the big spreaders do seem to be the multi, um, you know, multi-person events. And yeah. it is interesting when there are still certain certain things that are allowed. Um, but uh, glad to see that um, places of worship have been told that they need to be doing maybe online because that's multiple families. Well, they need to be. Well, quite a few are. Right? I mean, there's one, I I just saw one. They they did one, um, um, I think it was, I don't want to misspeak that it was um, United or one of them here in Prince George. They prepare a whole Zoom service Mm -hmm. and then they do it like the day before and then it's all ready to go up online. Um, I have friends in the Lower Mainland that are um, priests and they put a whole production into their Zoom services. They were able to come back up a little bit when they you know, were allowing people to come in and um, that under 50 mark, but they're back again doing, doing the Zoom church services. So it's totally, you're totally able to do that. It's, you know, it's a way of still being able to you know, practice you your faith. Pray. You can pray anywhere. Yeah, and you're practicing your faith however you That's want, true. and you're being safe because otherwise you've got how many dozens of families and people all together in a closed environment, right? So, I pray every day that we'll get this Telus connection <laughs> up and running. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny you talk about uh, large gatherings and and spreader. It's created a new. A new catchphrase in in our jargon: the super spreader super event. Super spreader. <laughs> yes, the new yep. super spreader event. Yeah. What was there? Was something else too? There was um, uh, unprecedented has become very one of, very yeah. one of those twenty twenty words. Yep. Uh, wear a mask is a phrase, and oh, I can't remember the other one. 
Well, social distancing. And social distancing. Like, yeah. Well, what do you mean social distancing? Yeah. Nobody knew what that was yeah. until... I, I prefer the, the term, uh, yeah, bend, well, yeah. flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. I, I prefer the term physical distancing because really uh, mm-hmm. social distancing to me means you're not talking to anyone. Yeah. yeah. Physical distancing means I'm talking to you, but it's more than six feet away. Yeah, you wonder how that, it obviously was one of the first phrases to get coined. And yeah. so then it kind of stuck. Yeah. Right? Because it ended up being on signage and everything. So... I also try to avoid the word coronavirus because the poor uh, manufacturers of Corona beer, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's got nothing to do with us, yeah. right? I don't hear that as much anymore. It seems COVID. Yeah, seems more really... people are using COVID-19 all the time yeah. or just straight COVID, right? Because everybody knows, well, yeah, that's COVID-19. Right. We didn't. As opposed to it being the 19th COVID. The 19th COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 19th strain. It's well, from no, 2019. Yeah, that's it how was it's named. 2019 was yeah. the year. That's yeah. why they put the 19. Yeah, on there's there. a whole designation on that. Yeah, the COVID. Yeah, I only have COVID one. Right, because wasn't it wasn't it Kellyanne Conway? I think so. Right, then she's yeah. like, well, they don't talk about one through 18. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. Misinformation. <laughs> Misinformation. Okay. All right. Another quick break, and we'll be back. The Elder Citizens Recreation Association is providing takeout lunches weekdays between 11.30 and 1. There is a different meal each day, and each meal is $6. Pie, when available, is $2.50, and you can get soup in a bun for $3. Frozen meals and soups are also available. Social distancing is in place, and masks are encouraged. Find the monthly menu on their Facebook page. Takeout lunches, available weekdays at the Elder Citizens Recreation Association on 10th Avenue between Vancouver and Winnipeg. Here are this week's announcements from Volunteer Prince George. The Salvation Army is looking for volunteers to ring bells during their annual Christmas kettle campaign. The South Fort George Family Resource Center is offering the free drop-in Little Artists program from 10 to 11.30 Thursdays. And Two Rivers Gallery is open to the public Tuesdays through Saturdays from 10 to 5. For more information on these and other volunteer opportunities, visit volunteerpg.com or call 250-564-0224. The Prince George Council of Seniors Housing Information Program offers details on available housing for older adults in our city. Amenities offered at each building are listed, such as meals, housekeeping, accessibility, and more. Plus, the program offers assistance in completing safer and BC housing applications, as well as for crisis grants and relocation planning. The Prince George Council of Seniors Housing Information Program. For more information, call 250-552-2820 or stop by the office at 7th and Victoria. The city has launched a new community recreation e-newsletter. It's a convenient way for you to find out about the myriad of fun, stimulating activities available right here in Prince George. Subscribe to the e-newsletter, browse activities, or register for programs at princegeorge.ca slash recreation. The digital newsletter will be released at least three times per year with special issues tailored to specific audiences, seasonal events, and emerging programs also in the works. For full details, visit princegeorge.ca slash recreation. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I promised myself when I showed up that I didn't want to talk about anything south of the border. So let's talk about stuff close to home. Local, local yeah. politics, yeah, City yeah. Hall and uh, their budget news cutting. Out of the, uh, yeah. And uh, it's, it's good to see. And, uh, and I, get the, I get the sense that uh, Mr. Babich 
is uh, toeing the line here. He's he's saying, okay, this is what we're not doing anymore. Yeah, we well, can't afford to do this, this, and this. This is why some streets aren't getting paved or plowed. Right. You know, it's uh, they they cut back there. One one area I thought they had cut back on was uh, parking uh, meter attendance. Or not parking meter. Uh, what what are the what do they call them? Oh, um, the, for downtown for the parking. Uh, um, well, meter it used to be meter, meter, meter maids, maids, but, but they're there's not no meter maids. Anyway, meter attendance. Well, there's, Me- there's no, no meters, meters. though. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So I, because uh, moving into our new digs here, oh, we got to watch I, the clock. My my car was always parked outside here. It'd be I'd come and go and 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 all this. Yesterday I was here all day and I thought, you know. I, I haven't got a ticket yet, so I'm, I'm thinking they cut back on uh, that person, those personnel. And no, you got your fifty dollars fine. I got my fifty dollars ticket. I paid it right away. Yeah. But now I know. Yeah, they're they're still on the job. So if I you're downtown, hu- make sure you park appropriately. When they first brought that in, yeah, I went on a huge Facebook rant about that. Yeah, because it's such a confusing thing for people, especially if you're not from here and you're a tourist. The fact that you can be in downtown. You could show up and say, go to the bakery, grab yeah. some bread, go away, come back hours later yeah. and park to grab your shoes from the shoemaker right. and you get a fine. Yeah. Hello. I think, I think they've uh, changed what, the way they're doing that. And now, because like I say, uh, I've, I've basically been here 12 hours a day for the last uh, week and a half trying to get things organized. But I'd, I'd come and go, and I, I wasn't always parking in the same spot. So I'm thinking that as long as you're not parking in the same spot when you come back to wherever it is, mm-hmm. the downtown in general, then you're probably okay. Yesterday, yeah. I parked, and I never I came in, and I never left the building. You know, until and I... Well, the signs say three hours. You yes. say three hours, but it's not cumulative. It means that if, you're, if, you're, if you come down at 9.30 in the morning, and let's say come here... And then you, the camera finds you and they take a picture of your license plate and then you go home. You're not even in the downtown core. Yeah. But then you come back later in the afternoon and they find your license plate again. It's going to say that you've been there. For, it's like, doesn't matter. You've been in the downtown for more than three hours. No, no. Yeah, yes. that's what it is. That's, that's, well, that's, that's what I got ticketed for. No, that's, I think that's the way they started it. Yep. But there was so many complaints that I think they've backed off that and said, okay, uh, it has to be in the same parking spot. Absolutely. Well, then, it's, because, then that's fine. In which case, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's fine because that happens a lot for, for I'd say, quite a few people who uh, pop downtown well, for something it, in the morning. and then. Right, yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. But I did yeah. not have to pay for that ticket because no. I did complain about it. There you it. go. Okay. And, and I'm sure they, they probably uh, are very quick to, to dis, uh, disallow tickets that, people say that that's I'm sure. the case. Yeah. yeah. So I hope it is that it's just, and that is to offset, you know, um, having people that say work in the downtown core yeah. and then they're taking up all the spots so that people that are coming down to shop don't have a place to park. So yeah. I get that. I get the idea, but I'm, I hope that it's been tailored a bit. Yeah. And I'm guilty of uh, being that guy that took okay. up the spot all day yesterday. Yikes. But 50 bucks. Today, today at noon, I will actually go and actually, and have something to eat it at lunch and then come back down okay. and park elsewhere. And hopefully not get a ticket. Well, I, I know where elsewhere I can park that I won't get a ticket, okay. so that's where I'll park. Okay. So that I'm not... I was going to say, you should do it like a test. Uh, no, that the $50 uh, 
charge for <laughs> one Expensive test, test. <laughs> is, is more than enough out of my budget. Yeah. Yeah. I, with COVID, uh, my income has basically disappeared. So I, I got to be pretty, uh, pretty picky on how I spend my money. Yeah. It's definitely been a challenge for an awful lot of people. And, yeah. uh, but I think that I'm going to be the glasses half full and I'm going to say that I think that, um, things are going to be better and they're going to get better and things are going to get back to a new maybe sense of normal. But, um, well, I think, yeah. I think that's, um, a good possibility. Uh, I don't know about others, but I know for the station, uh, we, because we've basically, at one point we had no income mm-hmm. and so we've had to, uh, cut our costs and reorganize and change locations. We've done a lot of different things that now we're trying to focus on moving forward so that in the new year, once we get through uh, COVID, say the spring or whatever, that we're on a, a, a more solid financial footing going forward. Yeah. So um, it's a good time to mm-hmm. sort of plan that out ahead yeah. of time because there's really not much you can do in the present. No. But if you can put things in place for the future, you're It's you're like making be okay. a pivot, yeah. right? You're just kind of pivoting towards um, getting ready for the, the new stage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, more, the more people that focus on that, the better off they're going to be. Definitely. Yeah. All righty. Does that bring us to the end of our lovely time together, Mr. Steve? Steve says we have one minute. We have one minute. What I else disagree can... with Steve. Well, I'm we, looking we at We can't mine. wait to... Get on to the music and and our great Tuesday host, Stephen. Then both of you shut it down. And I'll... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could sing. Hey, we have plenty of Christmas tunes. Uh, we've I think we're up to like uh, three or four, two or three an hour. I think right okay. now. So that's that's kind of cool. And uh, it increases as we get closer to Christmas. Yeah, yeah. We we slowly ramp it up. Like a little Advent calendar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbu of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS-FM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.